And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. There's a lot to get to today. And yeah, I don't really know how today's going to go. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I'm not exactly sure how today's going to go. Amelia's already fallen asleep. Um, I'm half I'm half asleep. You know, it's just one of those weird days where it's like the middle of the week, you're kind of tired, and then the kids had a late start today, so when I wake up, the whole house is still black, kids aren't up, so there's no like noise or argument or anything like that to like get my adrenaline going. So it's, uh, it's a bit of a weird day today. But on top of that, uh, some interesting news. Good, maybe not good. I suppose it depends on who you are. Uh, Nikki Haley, we figured that she was going to get into the race. Nikki Haley is set to launch her presidential bid. The rumor is that she'll do it after Valentine's Day as a gift to herself and her cats. So Nikki Haley um, is expected to announce on February 15th. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. That was, that was, that was decent. That was decent. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, Hogan is still <laughs> this Larry Hogan dude. From Maryland, um, he still thinks somehow, some way, anybody knows who he is or that he's at all popular. And Larry Hogan is just one of those guys where you have like some establishment East Coast Republicans who are like, no, 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 trust me, you'll be great for the country. We, we, everybody loves you. Nobody knows who this guy is, and the few people who do don't like him. Like this is, he's hated by everybody. Republicans don't like him. Conservatives don't like him. Libertarians don't like him. Democrats don't like him. Leftists don't like him. The only person who likes Larry Hogan is probably the cat that he feeds with somewhat some regularity. And I don't even think that he feeds his own cat. Whoever has the misfortune of being married to the guy unhappily is the one who probably feeds the cat. Uh, big news for Representative Jim Banks. He got the endorsement of former President Donald Trump. He has endorsed Jim Banks for Senate in our state of Indiana. So... Some pretty interesting stuff going on, ladies and gentlemen. But nonetheless, it's um, it's going to be a very, very strange day. And we're going to probably bounce around quite a bit, just so you know. So the FBI did search Biden's beach house. And they say that they didn't find any classified documents. But this is a part of the ongoing investigation. And the archives, of course, has ordered every former president and vice president to search their their uh, files and, and offices and things like that just to see if they have any classified documents. Uh, in their their possession, it'll be interesting to see because there's still some weird stuff happening with Obama. Uh, no word yet on George W. Bush, so that's that's been kind of interesting to to see that. And we are, you already know how funny it is with the Bill Clinton classified document thing, just because of all the classified document scandals that involved him. So now you got uh, the FBI searching Joe Biden's beach house as this ongoing investigation is now expanded, and that's because we keep finding. More classified documents in places that they shouldn't be. But the latest that we have is that the FBI says that they didn't find anything this time around, but we've also been down that road before with Joe Biden also. So we'll see. We'll see how how this all kind of shakes out and, and what's going on. Now, what's interesting, though, about the National Archives is that the National Archives, this is the the latest thing to kind of come out of that whole fiasco is the National Archives were prevented from notifying the public that classified documents had been found at Joe Biden's think tank back in November, raising even more questions over who stopped the information from coming out. Now, I I feel like it's important that we keep hitting this very, very basic thing here. We wouldn't know about any of this if it weren't 
for a mole who leaked it to the press. This was all negotiated with the Department of Justice to keep quiet. You and I only know about it because somebody leaked it to the media. That's the only reason. They were going to cover it up. They were going to keep it nice and quiet. They were never going to tell you or me about about any of this. And they were going to continue to go after Donald Trump for a mythical, fake, classified document scandal while they buried this one and nobody knew. So much so the Department of Justice, they worked out an agreement to not tell the public. The National Archives was ordered not to tell the public back in November. And it almost worked. I mean, we weren't told for weeks, actually months, technically, that this had actually happened. And then and only then did we find out that the Biden administration was continuing to lie. I should say Biden's people, technically not his administration, that Biden's people continued to lie about what documents were found and when they were found, and they were hiding this from the Department of Justice. So the House Oversight and Reform Committee chairman, James Comer, raised the question Tuesday night, claiming that only the two entities that could have given the order are the White House and the Department of Justice, meaning that if you're the National Archives and you've been ordered not to tell the public that, oh, by the way, Joe Biden's got a bunch of classified documents too. Remember, we raised a big old giant stink about Trump. We raised a big old giant stink about Obama not having anything, and now it appears that Obama still does have some stuff. But the National Archives, they were ordered, okay? They didn't make the decision on their own. As the story is developing, they were ordered to not disclose this to the public. And James Comer is saying there's only two bureaucracies in the federal government that have that authority. One is the White House directly, and the other one is the Department of Justice, which goes back to the White House and the Department of Justice working together, coming to an agreement, and saying we're not going to tell the American people that Joe Biden kept classified documents in his garage next to his Corvette. That's a problem. And I, do any of you even know a Democrat who, who's like even trying to defend this? And I'm talking about somebody who's actually not just going, well, Trump did the same thing. Forget that, because that's obviously, that's a stupid person. But do you know anybody who's actually going, nah, this isn't a big deal? Because they keep doing these polls and, and things like that. They keep finding like 30% of the country's like, yeah, it's not a big deal. We don't really care. And I'm just wondering if any of you have actually run into somebody who thinks it's totally okay to do what Joe Biden did. And then as an aside, I mean, have you mocked them relentlessly because they obviously were not going to be okay with what Donald Trump did because they would be a leftist if they supported Joe Biden in any way, shape, or form on any of this. Despite Biden's... Yeah, hold on, just did a nice little nice little ad pop up on me there. Uh, despite Joe Biden's team claiming that they have been transparent regarding all of this, of course, is not true... The classified document scandal, uh, new details emerged on Tuesday that the FBI had searched his former offices after the initial materials were found. And we only found out this week that the FBI had searched his office because they kept that search secret. And (laughs) we just found, was it Monday? Maybe Tuesday? No, Monday. So all of this is just, there's a new angle to this thing almost every single day. Now they're searching the beach house. They're saying they didn't find anything in the beach house, but we've also heard that they didn't find anything previously. And do you even trust the FBI to tell you the truth? That's the other thing too. Uh, National Archives prepared a press release to notify the public of the discovery, but was stopped from issuing it, Comer revealed. 
Uh, there are only two people that could have given those orders, and that's either the Department of Justice with Merrick Garland, that's the Attorney General, or the White House with Joe Biden, that's the former Vice President. So it shows right there that this Department of Justice and this White House is interfering with this investigation. It sure seems that way. I mean, based on the information that we have at this point in time, and it is the federal government, and we are dealing with uh, the political parties here, so it's always a possibility that, you know, maybe there's some extra stuff that we just haven't, you know, seen yet. The latest revelation comes after Comer's panel conducted a lengthy interview with the National Archives and Records Administration General Counsel, that is Gary Stern. Now, Stern informed the Oversight Committee in Congress that the that he couldn't tell them who gave the order not to release the statement. Why? Why, why couldn't you tell them that? Like, it's not classified information. It's, <laughs> you know, man, so you go into the oversight committee whose job is to provide oversight. That's the whole point. They can't provide oversight if you don't give them the information that they need. And this is clearly not classified information. Who told you not to release this press release to the public telling them the classified documents were found in Joe Biden's house? And, and he goes, ah, I just can't tell you. What? That's not a thing. That's not a real thing. If there is an actual national security component to any of this, then maybe they could say that and say, look, I got into the intelligence committee and then we could talk about it. But I can't tell the oversight committee any of this. This isn't a real thing at all. I can't I can't tell you who did it. There's only two places where this comes from. Stern informed the oversight committee that he couldn't tell them who gave the order not to release the statement. Comer noted yet another double standard in the process of classified documents between this case involving Biden and the one involving former President Donald Trump. And again, the Mar-a-Lago thing, they go into the details of that. You don't need that. Uh, If you go on the National Archives website, there's pages and pages of press releases and information about the FBI raid into Mar-a-Lago and Donald Trump's possession of classified documents, he said. This is true. They kept issuing press releases just about Obama because Trump kept bringing up that Obama still had classified documents. And the archives is like, no, 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 we, we, we pinky promise swear that we've gotten every single document out of there. And then we keep finding evidence that eh, maybe they didn't. The archives are coming. No, no, no. We're totally sure that we got all those documents back. And now even Obama himself is kind of hinting that he might still have some. All this time. Uh, Comer then says there's nothing on the archives website about Joe Biden. Nothing. And this is, again, multi-months old, including finding these stockpiles of documents in unsecured areas that are illegal for him to possess, then not telling anybody about it for an extended period of time, then working a deal with the Department of Justice to not tell the American people about it, having a secret FBI, air quote, raid, really it was just the FBI you know, searching the office without a warrant, so there wasn't a paper trail, right? All designed to keep it hidden from you. And continuously finding new documents after they told us that all of the documents have been found. And then now this, now the archives is not even, you know, they're not even telling anybody. Well, who, who told them, sorry, jumbled my words there. They're not telling anybody who told them not to tell the public about the, the, uh, the, the documents. So the fact that all of this is being hidden, Is there anybody out there, have any of you actually run into a real human being, not somebody on Twitter, you know, not somebody acting as an agent of China on social media, just a real human being in your office, in your family or whatever that has said, no, 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 this is totally okay 
for Joe Biden to have done that. I'm, I'm genuinely curious. Go to the go to the live stream and just leave a comment. Let me know. All right, we got we got a lot to get to today. Um, I'm gonna trash on Ukraine a little bit today. I just want you to be prepared for that, since I know a couple of you get an eye twitch when we do it. But there's some. Dude, there's, I'm telling you, I'm watching a really bad trend in Ukraine. It's it's not looking good, and they're attacking all of their friends right now, uh, which is. Not a good omen for the Ukrainian people. You got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Once again, I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Don't forget the live stream is available if you want to watch the video portion of the show. Some um, some pretty dramatic changes on the live stream today, by the way. Go to rumble.com slash Casey the Host. Or you can watch on Odyssey at Casey the Host or btmedia.news, which is my website. It's embedded right there if you would like to take a look at that. Uh, again, just going to be kind of a... Kind of a weird day. Going to be bouncing around. A lot of little stories and things like that that kind of have to be addressed. I do want to talk about Hunter Biden here for just a minute since we were on the subject of Joe Biden. Hunter Biden has some pretty serious accusations that are brand new that have been levied. Excuse me, have been levied against him. Um, he's accused of coercing one of his young female employees who was struggling with money and allegedly he withheld her pay if she didn't FaceTime him for sexual content. Uh, Shocking texts between Biden, 52 years old, and the assistant, 29 years old at the time, show Hunter asking for video sex sessions and sending her cash via Apple Pay after she said that she couldn't pay for her rent. You're working for one of the Bidens and you can't pay your rent? Like, how, how little is this guy paying you? The unidentified woman worked as an assistant at Biden's law firm in 2018 and 2019, messages and emails involving the now 33-year-old woman first appeared on Hunter's laptop in June of 2018 when he flew her from Los Angeles to Washington, D.C. He filmed and photographed her uh, having sex with him around that time and saved the footage on his laptop. Among that footage are the photos of her holding, uh, let's just say, him. And laying naked on the bed, that sort of stuff. Okay, This is all on the laptop, which the FBI and the news media told you wasn't real. In January of 2019, the woman emailed Hunter's secretary asking why she hadn't received her December paycheck. So her whole paycheck, I guess, for December was $837. You're working for Hunter... Sorry. Um, Her company health insurance also was not active. Two months later, he sent her $500 through Apple Pay and said that he doesn't have any money because of alimony, tuitions, and other bleep like girls' insurance, etc. He then says, quote, you're as beautiful to me inside as you so obviously are on the outside. Miss you very much and feel horrible for having treated you so poorly. Well, that's just what every woman wants to hear. Hunter then invited her to New Hampshire. I feel so bad for not paying you and treating you so horribly. Why don't you come to New Hampshire so uh, we can diddle? 
She said that she's not. she not only couldn't afford a plane ticket, but also pay her rent for that month. Uh, days later, Hunter replied, revealing that he actually had enough money in his bank account to pay her. He promised to pay her by stating, uh, stating his ultimatum. This is the quote that is in the documents, okay? I will make up for back pay. You have to make up for back work by FaceTiming me and or going to our next club party. When can you FaceTime? If we FaceTime, the rule has to be no talk of anything but sex. And we must be naked and we have to do whatever the other person asks within reason. After some coaxing, she eventually agreed. In between those messages, he sent her a total of $2,750. He asked her to set her phone up so that he would be able to spy on her while she showered and um, asked her to do various things on camera for him. Now, according to the confidential reports that were obtained by the transparency nonprofit, which leans right, Marco Polo, Hunter paid the woman $44,500.08 in 2018. Okay. Um It wasn't that long ago that we had the whole Me Too thing, right? And I'm pretty sure, while everybody pitched a fit about this, I'm pretty sure that left-wing Democrats really pitched a fit about the whole Me Too thing, which was interesting because most of the bigwigs that we caught abusing women were powerful liberal Democrats from the donor class. Why is it this a uh, top story at all? You, you've got a, a, a very influential person. You've got somebody that Joe Biden had to wire money to to pay a prostitute in a foreign country. And he's, he's doing this. In our society, ladies and gentlemen, if anybody with any kind of public notoriety at all, far less so than Hunter Biden is, If they had been caught doing this to any woman that was in their employ, it would have been a major national story, and with good reason. But Hunter Biden does this. We've got it in black and white. We've got his messages. We've got the receipts for the transactions. We've got all of that. It's in the laptop. It's in the text messaging. We have everything. And they hid it for all of these years, and now that it comes out, it's still, "Mm, we're not going to tell anybody what happened here. It's one thing to launch a strategy to protect Joe Biden by saying it's not fair to attack his addict son who was doing really inappropriate things with professional prostitutes. It is a very different thing to stay silent when a woman who could not pay her rent had a man with power over her withholding her money, putting her in a compromising position, and then using that compromised position that he put her in, well, to get sexual favors from, both virtually and in person. Where's the, where's the liberal Democrats and the feminist groups and the womanist groups and everything else that usually donate to the Democratic Party? Where are they on this Hunter Biden story having complete... Proof that this guy abused a woman in his employment.
Kind of interesting how quiet they are, don't you think? MNC News Time is 3.31. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. All right. I I have to I have to address this because this is to my great shame for all of you. Uh, for some strange reason, Fireball is really popular in Michiana as an alcoholic beverage, and I know people who are big fans of Fireball. Not because. You know, it's just what's available or what they could afford. But I mean, like, they love it. This is their drink of choice. If they could have any drink in the world, it would be Fireball. And have you had Fireball yet, Amelia? Yeah? What are your thoughts? It's gross? See, Amelia's 21 years old. She has a more sophisticated palate than anybody who likes Fireball, which includes very prominent elected officials in our area you know who you are. I will spare you the shame until campaign time of naming names. Look, um, Fireball is trash. And anybody who likes consuming Fireball is probably not worthy of having in your life. And that's why this story is so hysterically funny. There's no whiskey in many bottles of Fireball, so they're being sued. <laughs> and, I, I'm sorry. I think this is hysterical because I know so many people who keep these little bottles around. And I, I again, I don't know why. I don't know why. It's garbage. You're a grown up. You should act like a grown up. Stop consuming your alcohol like you were a nine year old kid. I know some of you are going to send me some hate mail over that one, but I thought it was funny. Anyway, consumers are suing uh, Sazerac. Uh, no wonder it tastes so bad. The name of the company's bad. Sazerac Company, Inc., the makers of Fireball Whiskey for fraud and misrepresentation, which, if you ask me, is long overdue. The many bottles of the alcoholic beverage don't actually contain any whiskey. I'm not convinced the bigger bottles do either, but that's neither here nor there. So the smaller bottles named Fireball Cinnamon are made from a blend of malt beverage and wine, while the whiskey-based products are called Fireball Cinnamon Whiskey. See the difference? There's an extra word there. That's a company website. <laughs> the 99-cent bottles, way overpriced are sold in 170,000 stores, including gas stations and grocery stores, prompting some customers to wonder what products they presumed to contain liquor were, uh, were doing there. Now, again, it is alcoholic. It's just that it doesn't have any actual whiskey in it, which, again, I, I'm convinced that regular Fireball really doesn't either. Uh, upon closer inspection, customers realized the description of the product was malt beverage with natural whiskey and other flavors and caramel color. Insinuating whiskey is an ingredient used in the drink when it actually uses whiskey flavor, according to the class action lawsuit. Hey, why didn't the Scottish think of this? And we're just not going to make we're not going to make any Scotch whiskey. We're just going to use flavoring. Yeah, the reason they they didn't do that is because they don't make a garbage trash product. Anyway, uh, this was filed in the Northern District of Illinois. Uh, quote, what the label means to say 
is that the product contains natural whiskey flavors and other flavors. But by not including the word flavors after natural whiskey, purchasers who look closely will expect the distilled spirit of whiskey was added as a separate ingredient. And for the record, I'm just pointing out that, yes, I think that this is a frivolous lawsuit. And the reason I think it's a frivolous lawsuit, because any self-respecting whiskey drinker will not drink this crap. But beyond that, um, I just I like seeing this happen <laughs> to Fireball because they deserve it for what they have done to the liquor market here. I, I would strongly consider banning Fireball. If, nah, I wouldn't. I was going to say something. I'm not going to say it. Nah, I'll let it go. So the lawsuit further states that given the lack of whiskey, 99 cents for a 1.7 fluid ounce bottle is overpriced. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. (laughs) The lawsuit further states that given the lack of whiskey, 99 cents, for a 1.7 fluid ounce bottle, it's overpriced. <laughs> if it had whiskey in it, it would be overpriced. As I said earlier in the show, 99 cents for Fireball is a ripoff. Seriously question a lot of your, your morality. Yeah, morality your judgment, and lots of other things. Honestly, some of the worst politicians that are in town are really, really big fans of Fireball. And this perfectly explains why they're so terrible at their jobs. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. 49 Senate Republicans and Joe Manchin, who's not a Republican, have moved to scrap the ESG retirement rule from the Biden administration. And this is... This is pretty darn good. Uh, 49 Senate Republicans and Senator Joe Manchin, Democrat of West Virginia, unveiled a resolution that would eliminate former Vice President Joe Biden's ESG investing rule, which may politicize 401ks. It's, It's not may. okay? there's an ESG investment rule. It will politicize your 401k. Biden is jeopardizing retirement savings for millions of Americans for a political agenda, said Senator Mike Braun, Republican of Indiana, again running for governor. Uh, That's what he told Fox News Digital. Braun and Representative Andy Barr, Republican of Kentucky, led the disapproval resolution, quote, in a time when Americans 401ks have already taken such a hit due to the market overturns and record high inflation. The last thing that we should do is encourage fiduciaries to make decisions with a lower rate of return for purely ideological reasons, Braun said. And he's right. I'll get into that here in a minute. That's why we are proud to stand up against this rule for the millions of Americans who depend on these funds for their retirement. So the Department of Labor is, of course, administering this rule. The Biden administration unveiled it. Uh, The proposal would go in effect on January 30th. What was this? Was this published January 30th next year, I guess? Okay. They don't give a year here, but it was published today. Um, That would allow retirement plan managers to consider environment, social, and governance, ESG factors in investing decisions. 
Now, ESG investing is the latest vector through which Wall Street financial conglomerates and the government can force corporations and, by extension, American investors to adopt social issues that they would otherwise not support. This includes combating alleged climate change, diversity requirements, and other leftist values. Um, Now, we actually, I was a part of a recent Heritage Foundation event in town. It was put on by Indiana Call to Action. Their website is incalltoaction.com. They've got an event coming up on, um, on detransitioning, by the way. So I was a part of that, and we brought in some experts on ESG to kind of talk about what ESG is, how it affects businesses, how it affects you, the American consumer, and that sort of thing. This is probably the most dangerous thing in our society right now. And I know that there's going to be a lot of you will be like, you know, uh, uh, drag queen stuff and pornography in the classrooms and things like that. And those are all, all very valid points. ESG is worse than all of them. Some of you will be like, oh, yeah, the climate agenda and everything else. Well, ESG is worse than all of them. Black Lives Matter, ESG is worse than all of them. Because ESG is all of them, and then additional stuff, but there's monetary policy tied to it. There are businesses, and luckily the battle against ESG is actually being won by you know normal people who are not insane. So a lot of states are basically saying that we're not going to put money in a bank or a financial institution if they adhere to ESG. So some financial institutions, some banks, a lot of the big national banks. If you're a business and you're trying to get a business loan, they won't give you a business loan unless you're investing in fighting climate change or you're investing in uh, racial or gender requirements in your work and that sort of thing. So if you don't do the things that they want you to do, They won't give you the money. It's not because your credit isn't good. It's not because your business plan is bad or anything like that. It's purely about social issues and this nonsense leftist agenda stuff. So a lot of states have basically said, we're not going to put state money. We're not going to put in government money in financial institutions that have an ESG philosophy. And what's happening is actually there's been several banks that have dropped the ESG agenda. Now, with that said, BlackRock is probably the biggest peddler of ESG in the entire world. And BlackRock is losing money. They're firing people. They're losing tons of money. There is a non-ESG investment fund that is out there that is way outperforming its competitors and it's outperforming the market. It's ESG is purely designed to force the economy to invest in things that nobody would actually want to invest in. Now imagine them tying your retirement to garbage green energy initiatives. And if the green energy initiative fails, your retirement account takes a major, major hit. And it's not because of a normal risk of investment. It's purely because you had no choice. There are people who have lost their bank account simply because their their entity did not engage in ESG, and the financial institution decided that, well, okay, then you can't bank with us. If you don't embrace ESG, then we can't have you as a customer. And so they're closing bank accounts because of this thing. It is really, really bad. 
But because more and more states are divesting from ESG financial institutions and more and more businesses and individuals are seeking out ways to avoid ESG because they don't want to support causes that they're, again, philosophically opposed to. What's happening is the federal government is trying to now require that your retirement benefits be invested in ESG entities. And you wouldn't have a choice in the matter. So we've got these Republican senators and one Democrat and Joe Manchin saying, yeah, no, um, we're going to go ahead and, and try and stop this. So good for them. Hopefully they are successful. Right now they are at least two votes short, but it's a good start. We got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Don't forget, you can listen live at 953MNC.com. You can download the free 953MNC app or activate the Amazon Alexa skill or Google Home and all of that stuff. You can also watch the live stream by going to rumble.com slash Casey the host or Odyssey at Casey the host and BTmedia.news, where you can also get the podcast and the daily show prepping conservative news every single day. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. The Fireball fangirls are so desperate to discredit me that they're now pulling out that I'm not the hugest fan of Chick-fil-A. Okay, that doesn't change the fact that you still like Fireball. And it's indefensible. (laughs) I'm at least consistent in not being a fan of chicken. Right, I have chicken in very small quantities. There's a very limited number of ways that I can consume it. Um, I have a very specific recipe when I make my own chicken, and it can only be used for thighs. So, yeah, I just, I don't know. But uh, but it is funny. It is funny watching everybody like, no, 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 no. No, it's, it's not us. It's weird. You don't like Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Whatever makes you sleep better at night, you still consume Fireball. <laughs> Anyway, (laughs) I forgot to get to this story yesterday. There is a letter that was sent by Sheriff Bill Redman advocating for criminals to not be arrested and instead to be housed in a motel where there's already a drug and crime problem. And I would just like to remind everybody that elections have consequences. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Uh, The letter comes in defense of a failed homeless initiative called uh, Motels for Now uh, that has been under fire in recent weeks. It has been a massive failure as a program. Um, They're just, I I don't think that there is, is there anybody who's not getting rich off of the Motels for Now who's actually seen that the program has been beneficial? Because it's been really bad. But anyway, here's here's the letter. At least a portion of it. Uh, These individuals would otherwise be wandering the streets of St. Joseph County or be housed at the St. Joseph County Jail, Redmond stated in his letter. Um, And again, you know, he he doesn't want to arrest those individuals. Uh, Being held in our jail is not the solution. So Sheriff Redmond's opinion on this is, yeah, we just stick him in the hotel or the motel, I should say. We stick them in the motel. Uh, when they break the law, we don't arrest them. And because at least they're not on the streets, right? Out of sight, out of mind, that sort of thing. Have you heard of something called the homeless industrial complex? Because the homeless industrial complex, it is a it is an international issue where you have individuals who perpetuate the problem of homelessness 
and those individuals get rich off of said problem of homelessness. And so they never actually fix the problem because it's a cash cow for them. So they don't want to resolve the problem. As I've said before, there's a lot of activist organizations and things like that on all sorts of issues, and they don't want to fix those issues because if they fix the issues, then they don't make any money. They don't have a job. They don't have a career. They don't have the attention of the public. It simply goes away. And the homeless issue is no different. You're seeing this all over really the world, but in particular, you're seeing it all over the United States. The goal is not to fix the problem. The goal is to make the problem more lucrative. And it's generally not lucrative when they're out on the streets. But if you can get them off the streets and make your family and your friends some money while doing it, get some federal grants, get some state grants, get all that other stuff, um, then yeah, heck yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's roll with it. This is a very big problem pretty much everywhere in the world. I've talked about it a lot. I used to talk about it quite a bit in Las Vegas because the homeless problem in Las Vegas is so bad. Um, but, you know, it, th- here's the thing, though. If I point out that a lot of these so-called homeless advocates are really advocates for keeping the homeless number high because they make a lot of money off of it, I get attacked for not wanting to help the homeless. And then if I try to go the tough love route, then I get attacked for trying to harm the homeless. And then there's a whole host of other arguments that kind of go with it. There are people who just think that all of the homeless people are drug addicts. There's a large problem with drug addicts. Don't get me wrong. Um, That is certainly an issue. Mental illness is probably one of the biggest factors in, in homelessness for perpetual homelessness, I should say. And so it's, it's, you're really darned if you do, darned if you don't. It doesn't matter what you say. Somebody's going to be angry at you, and inevitably it'll be taken out of context and you'll be attacked for it. The reality of the situation is a lot of people who claim to be helping the homeless are actually making the problem worse. And if you point it out, you're the worst person in the world for pointing it out. I know I told the story about this woman who made the sandwiches for the homeless in Las Vegas. Um, and the only reason I bring it up is because that was a national story. Because the homeless were moved away from the, the Capitol building. They were, they were actually, the Capitol building in, in Las Vegas, uh, you come out, you have a sidewalk, and right across the sidewalk you have a park. And it's just like a little park. It's like, I don't know, half an acre, quarter acre, something like that. Just a little park. It's just an, It was designed to be an area where if you're near the Capitol, you can go outside, sit on a bench, there's some birds, get some sun, and just you know be out in, in so-called nature. Well, they all moved over. The tents literally covered 100% of that little park area. It's more of a courtyard than a park, but the tents covered it. And then they were, they were going to the bathroom all over the sidewalk as people had to go into the government building to do their business. They were doing their business on the sidewalk and the steps to the government building for people to do the people's business. And eventually what ended up happening is, is the mayor said, all right, enough is enough. And he cleaned them out. And he moved them you know, quite a ways away. So then people started showing up because they took over another park right next to a residential neighborhood. And those residential um, in, individuals there in that neighborhood, they couldn't use the park anymore because there's needles all over the ground. But if they went on the news and said, we can't use the park anymore because there's needles all over the ground, they were immediately attacked and demonized in the public by the press and everything else. So what happened is this was, it was like, I don't know, a, a few blocks away from the homeless shelter, right? 
And the soup kitchen was like right next to the homeless shelter. They had it all condensed, as most communities do. And this lady just decided that she was going to start making sandwiches for the homeless people at this park. And so she would go make hundreds of sandwiches and she would take them to the homeless every single day at that park. And there's people who are like, this woman is a saint. All of the news stories about how amazing she is. She's just, she's doing the thing that the mayor wouldn't do. You know, the evil mayor, Oscar Goodman, wouldn't care for the homeless people and all of that stuff. And, you know, here's little old me saying, no, she's making the problem worse. Well, man, the media firestorm that happened as a result of that. Now, I also did a, a regular hit on Channel 13 News at the time, too. So I did my radio show, which was one of the top shows in the community. And then I was on the cable, uh, not cable news, but I was on the network news um, in the uh, six o'clock hour. And so, I, you know, I go on like she's making the problem worse. And the reason she's making the problem worse is because the homeless all know that they can get free food there. So they're going to get free food there and they're not going to go to the homeless shelter or any of these other aid facilities and actually get any help. And of course, I was attacked and demonized by everybody from local politicians to activists to listeners and you name it. Right. I'm a heartless, horrible human being. It was shortly after that that I started making jokes about grinding the homeless up and using them to fill in the potholes, which was never a serious thing, but it was purely meant to tweak people. But this is one of the reasons when I tell you I can never get elected to public office. I'm sure there's a clip of me talking about grinding up the homeless and uh, using them to fill in potholes somewhere. So this thing ends up, it gets really blown out of proportion. And then lo and behold... About a week later, the stupid homeless population in that park almost doubled. Why? Because there's a lady who makes sandwiches every day. So then now other people started coming to take the burden off of her, and they're making more food. So now the homeless population is growing. None of the people in this residential neighborhood can use the park that the taxpayers paid for that is supposed to be a space for them, for their kids. They can't use the park. It's dangerous. There's fights there. There's addicts there. There's violence there. It is completely unusable. Not just the sanitary conditions, but actually dangerous. And then you've got homeless people and mentally ill people and criminal elements right next to your your home. And as the population continued to grow, continued to grow, eventually what ended up happening is everybody started to realize, oh, Casey was right, that you can't make the problem go away by making it easier to perpetuate the problem. This is kind of what we have. And I get that Sheriff Redmond in his mind is like, I don't want him in the jail. I don't want him on the streets. So as far as I'm concerned, put him in the motel. Well, when they commit crimes, dude, they got to go to jail. Just because you don't want him there doesn't mean that they need to be there. Now, here's the, uh, here's the other problem with this, this motels for now program. The motels for now location that is uh, discussed here. See, what is it? Uh, public records request um, by realnewsmichiana.com. Police were called to the motels for now program more than a thousand times since opening in 2020. Police responded 250 times in December of 2021 through December of 2022. I mean, that's a lot. That's. I mean, you're you're there, not quite daily, but pretty darn close. And the calls include everything from stabbing to overdoses, sexual assaults, theft, everything else. So 17 assault calls, 15 theft, 15 disturbance, 14 overdose, 10 threat, 
Uh, eight, eight suspicious activity, four for fighting, three for burglary, three for weapons, three for shots fired, three for harassment, two for vandalism, stabbings, one, sex assault, one, drugs, uh, one. And that's just because a bunch of stuff isn't getting called in. Now, through the end of 2021, St. Joseph County alone, okay? So if you're in St. Joseph County, you paid into this. Through the end of 2021, St. Joseph County gave them over $2 million. Over $2 million. And again, this is the same scheme and the same scam that we see in city after city after city after city everywhere in the Western world. Now you throw in there that, you know, you've got a prosecutor in the area who doesn't keep people behind bars. You've got another one who doesn't challenge I should say doesn't fight back when challenged to keep people behind bars. And you've got a sheriff who doesn't want to arrest people. And you've got a surging crime rate in a relatively small footprint. And nobody really wants to acknowledge that it's happening. And nobody wants to take any responsibility or accept any blame for it. Meanwhile, all that's being proposed is that you pony up more money. So that way we can just, you know, throw more people into hotel rooms instead of actually putting them behind bars when they commit a crime or committing them to a mental health institution since our society's decided that since it was too easy to commit people in the past, we're just not going to be able to commit people now. And really, the answer is somewhere in between. So we've got a bunch of people right now who are not getting the help that they desperately need, and so they're out in the streets, and that causes all sorts of problems. You've got a criminal element that is not actively being kept behind bars or prosecuted, so they're just turned out on the streets and they just commit more crimes. And this is happening everywhere in this country right now. Every single major city in this country, this is the same thing that's happening. Meanwhile, you start looking at receipts, and guess what? Money's rolling into counties. Bureaucracies are making making, uh, budget increases and pay raises every single year. The, the NGOs that are involved in the, the homeless scam, if you will, they're making, you know, hands, hands over fists. There's tons of money involved in all of this. Meanwhile, nobody's actually happy with the results. The only thing that people are happy with is that there appears to be a whole lot of money going into people's back pockets. The problem doesn't get better. The problem's getting worse. Is there, look, this has been an issue since I've been here. I've been here almost 12 years now. Has the homeless problem gotten better or has it gotten worse? It's gotten worse. Why is it that every city that does a program like this or similar programs in dealing with a criminal homeless element, why is it that every single time they do it, the problem gets worse and it doesn't get better? Why do you think that is? And it's repeatable in every city. There's no example of doing these sorts of things where it actually helped. So you're you're forced to make these decisions. Now, Sheriff Redmond's opinion is that he doesn't want to arrest the criminal element. He'd rather them just go to a motel. And he doesn't want them, you know, walking around on the street. So he'd rather them be confined in a homeless encampment. I suppose that's one way of looking at it. I suppose the other way is, well, that doesn't actually fix anything or solve anything. It's just going to sit there and fester and fester and fester. And it's almost like a leaky pipe in your house. You know, there's a leaky pipe in there, but so long as you don't see the moisture or the mold, I guess it's okay. 
eventually there's going to be a problem and you're going to be able to see it and then it's going to start affecting your health, just like this is going to start affecting the health of the community. This is not the way that you solve these problems. But like I said before, you know, you got these non-governmental organizations. They're just lots of money, lots of moolah with the relationships with public servants. And that's exactly what's going on here. The problem doesn't get any better. It just gets worse for everybody. Got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. A little bit in the same line of thinking as the last bit that we were just talking about here. This is in the Washington Times. Tens of thousands of federal employees stole taxpayer money. They did this by filing bogus, fake, fraudulent pandemic loan requests. And I know that we and others have been talking about the pandemic fraud from really the very beginning. We started to see signs of fraud the moment the first applications were being submitted. But it just got to the point where the federal government was just, oh, just dole it out to everybody. We'll sort it out later. Remember when I tried telling you when Michigan had that issue that Michigan was going to be one of the many states that was going to go back and they were going to take their unemployment benefits back. So they were going to overpay you, but you were going to have to pay that money back at one point in time. And then they did it. They did it intentionally. It was designed to secure pacificity. Pacificity? Yeah, there we go. And election votes by giving you more money than you were actually supposed to get. And then after it was all over with, they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, we overpaid you. Give it back. And then you're like, well, I can't give it back. I don't have any work. You're not letting anybody go back to work. There's no jobs. And they're like, well, we'll just, you know, seize assets or put a lien on any property you have or, or whatever. So, in fact, I just got a bill from the state of Michigan. I haven't lived in Michigan in like four years. I just got a bill from the state of Michigan that I paid like two years ago. And they're still trying to collect on something that's been paid. So, The state of Michigan right now is a mess. i got to send them the receipts and prove that it was paid and everything else. So tens of thousands of federal employees stole taxpayer money by filing bogus pandemic loan requests. Uh, Joni Ernst, who is a senator, wants all of them fired. Quote, I hope this money can be recovered. It can't. And to deter those who might ever think of trying to do this again in the future, those who abuse the public trust will have their federal employment terminated, she said. Now, she's a Republican from Iowa, but she's eh, Republican light. We'll say that. Uh, let's see. In a letter to Michael Horowitz, the inspector general, this is what she said to everything. Now, Michael Horowitz is, is a, I mean, kind of like a famous inspector general, but he um, he's leading up the Pandemic Response Accountability Committee, so this is kind of his thing right now. The employees were flagged by the committee's Pandemic Analytics Center of Excellence, a data-driven attempt to sniff out fraud in the trillions of dollars of pandemic assistance that the federal government has paid out over the past three years. Now, anything happens with you as a non-federal employee, the government will get their money. They'll just go right into your bank account and take it. When it comes to federal employees, it's weird how you never hear about a follow-up to that. You never hear about federal employees who commit this type of fraud ever actually having to give that money back. And they never lose their job because of the union. So just so you understand, I mean, this is, you know, millions of dollars of your money gone. Just gone because of fraud. And right now, you got a couple of people raising a stink about it in Washington, D.C., but by and large, nobody's really concerned with it. One entire political party is completely not concerned with this at all. I'll give you an idea who that is. 
MNC News Time is 4.32. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. You can find them online at rbcarcompany.com. All right. Uh, live stream, by the way, rumble.com slash Casey the Host or Odyssey or btmedia.news, Odyssey at Casey the Host as well. Um, so this is, I, I've told you before, like I see some some patterns in what's happening with the government of Ukraine. And I don't like it. I see all of the historic and traditional patterns of a very tyrannical regime. And as I've said before, I, I can, I can, while I disagree with some of the stuff that they have done, I can at least understand fighting for your survival, why you would be desperate enough to do it. Um, but I, I told you early on, once it was discovered that the United States themselves were lying to Ukraine about joining NATO and were really at the early set of the conflict, just kind of leading Ukraine on and really just playing Ukraine and using them as a pawn in their geopolitical struggle with Russia, that Zelensky was going to get to a point where he was going to hate the West. And he really did kind of get to that point pretty early on. He was furious. He didn't like how he had been played, how been lied to by NATO, the United States and others. But at the same point, he didn't have, he didn't have an alternative. So he needed the West, he needed their money, he needed their economic sanctions against Russia, he needed their weapons more than anything. He needed all of that. So I believe that Zelensky saw an opportunity to get equipment, training, experience, build up his forces, not just to fight Russia, but also for whatever may happen in the future. Because, you know, they're saying that Ukraine is is on a fast track to join NATO, maybe Maybe not. Um, they're trying to fast track this thing in the next two years. But I, the things that I'm seeing in the Zelensky regime are far worse than the stuff that came from the regimes before him. And he was supposed to be the reformer. He was supposed to be the one who was going to fix this. And I'm, I'm concerned that it's going to go the other way. So we've got, obviously, a ton of money, ton of resources being poured into Ukraine. There is, I think, a legitimate debate on both sides about whether or not that is a reasonable strategy in order to rebuff what Russia is doing. And like I said, it, my, my position from the very beginning is I'm rooting for Ukraine, but I don't want the United States to be harmed as a result of protecting somebody else. It doesn't make any sense. At some point in time, this country has to stop and say, we need to we need to fix our own stuff before we start messing with other things. I get that there are existential circumstances that come up. I understand that. Um, but this is a conflict that could have been prevented. It wasn't. I told you how to prevent it before the war started. I, I wasn't in power, obviously. The people who I believe would have made those, those decisions were not in power. And there's a there's a big part of me that believes that there was a stated goal to have this conflict happen and that Ukraine is being used in a much bigger game. So there's a poll that got released yesterday and it showed a near even split in the United States on providing more aid to Ukraine in its war with Russia. Now keep in mind we give Ukraine 
more in resources than Russia's annual military and defense budget combined. So just the stuff that we're giving to Ukraine far outweighs the Russian machine. And some people be like, well, that's good because that's what they need to fight the Russians and everything else. Okay. I said, there's an argument there. There's a valid argument against it too. So the poll was conducted by Heart Research Associates Public Opinion Strategy Study from January 20th through the 24th. It was published by NBC News. It showed that 49% surveyed said that Congress should provide more funding and weapons to Ukraine. 47% said it should not. So it's a statistical tie. It's within the margin of error. Congress has committed more than $113 billion in aid to Ukraine since Russia invaded uh, in February of 2022. The poll also showed that more people disapproved of Joe Biden's handling of the war between Russia and Ukraine than approved it. And that's because he's handled it terribly. It doesn't matter where you stand and, and what you think of the conflict over there. Biden has been awful with this thing. The poll showed that 50% disapproved of his handling, 41% approved, uh, 40% had, 4%, excuse me, had no opinion, 5% said that they were not sure. The uh, poll was conducted as the Biden administration was deliberating sending Abrams M1A2 tanks. They had originally told everybody's M1A1, which would have been bad enough. Um, And again, my my issues here with the tanks are purely about, there is really, there's a long-term strategy that I think that has to be analyzed here. It has to be evaluated. That technology is going to end up in the hands of the Chinese and the Iranians and the Russians. It will happen. It's, it's not a matter of if, it's not a matter of maybe, it will happen. So do we want it to happen this way or we'd rather have it happen if we actually did get in a real conflict we're actually going head-to-head, toe-to-toe. I know that there's this Air Force general out there saying that he thinks that we're going to be at war with China by 2025. Um, I would much rather not have our adversaries have the technology that we have, which is, you know, half a century or more ahead of theirs. Don't give them an opportunity to catch up. Right now, the Russians and the Chinese are cosmetically copying our stuff, but they can't actually duplicate our technology. We've seen this over and over again in testing and on the battlefield and and even at um, military arms trade shows and that sort of thing. They look the part, you know, China's Gen 5 fighter really isn't a Gen 5 fighter. You know, at best, they're saying it's a Gen 4 and a half. So it's behind our technology. They don't believe there's actually a lot of people have it more more as a Gen 4, not even a Gen 4 and a half. It's but almost nobody believes after seeing it perform that it's a Gen 5. So. You know, it's you're sitting here and you're you're giving them three of the most advanced tanks. Well, not of the most advanced, three the three most advanced tanks in the history of the world, and you're giving them to them in small enough numbers that it's entirely possible that they're going to fall into the hands. It's likely, it's an almost certainty that they're going to fall into the hands of the Russians or that the Ukrainians will sell. You know, some of these things, and next thing you know, China's going to get it, Iran's going to get it, Russia's going to get it. We're going to have we're going to have that technology now in the hands of the enemy. I think that's problematic long term. Now, if you don't, okay, um, I guess we have a difference of opinion there.
Here's the other thing that I am seeing with Ukraine that's really irking me. The Ukrainian, I'm seeing this with uh, Ukrainian social media accounts, which are really being, they're being kind of like sort of controlled by the Ukrainian government. There's their independent accounts per se, but they get their talking points from the Ukrainian government. There's a lot of big ones, Telegram, Twitter, that sort of thing. There's a lot of really big ones, and it's crystal clear that they're getting their marching orders from the Ukrainian government. Um, They attack everybody who helps them. Like, they hate America. They hate Elon Musk. They don't like um, a lot of the Americans who stand up and support them. And their main reason over and over and over again is... Everything you've done for us is not good enough. You owe us more. It's the behavior of a spoiled child. And I'm seeing this not just from random Ukrainians. I am seeing this from their actual government officials. One of the government ministers the other day went on a tirade on Ukrainian national television about how evil Elon Musk was. That country only exists because Elon Musk turned the lights on. Ukraine, you have to understand something. Ukraine is already dead and toast if Elon Musk doesn't turn on the internet. And that's what he did for them. Period. They were blind. The Russians had them. The only reason they're not toast as an entire country right now, the only reason they haven't had to surrender is because the internet was turned back on and we were able to help them with troop movements and intel and logistics. That's the only reason that they were able to survive that initial onslaught. That's it. And they're calling him, you know, a warmonger and a war criminal and all sorts of horrible things. And I've seen numerous government officials in Ukraine say this, not just about Elon Musk, but about the United States and about NATO and all these other... Like, they hate the West. And this is where I'm getting very concerned. I'm catching Iranian vibes here. And maybe it's not fair to compare the two, but it sure does seem real bad right now that the people that are so desperate for our help are angry and upset and unappreciative of the help that we're giving them, even though we are giving them far more than the Russian military gives itself every single year. Then you get things like this, right? The the Ukrainian social boycotts that have been happening, which you've heard me kind of rail on for a while now. Ukraine is called the Olympics body a, quote, promoter of murder for considering just allowing Russian athletes to go to the Olympics. So once again, this comes down to that Russophobia nonsense that we were getting, you know, early on in the conflict where... Oh, you're a tennis player from Russia? Well, I need you to go ahead and and uh, disown Vladimir Putin. Uh, I can't disown Vladimir Putin. I live in Russia, and if I disown him and I go back to Russia, like I'm going to die. Well, you're going to have to do it or else you can't play tennis anymore. I guess I can't play tennis anymore because I'm not going to get my family killed. And we got to the point where we were, we were banning Russian art from... Art contests and and there was there was one point where there's like Russian plants that were not allowed 
at a, it, it was just it was ridiculous stuff. And so now, simply because the Olympics are like, well, yeah, I mean, Russian athletes will probably be allowed to compete in the Olympics, and Ukraine is like, well, you're a promoter of murder. What? What are you talking about? Meanwhile, Ukraine has scored a 33 out of 100 on the corruption scale, the annual report. It's near the bottom third out of 180 countries for corrupt. This is not a good sign. It really isn't a good sign. And no amount of justifying and excusing is is going to put those alarms off in my head. We got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Once again, I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. A little bit later, we're going to get into some, after the 5 o'clock hour, we're going to get into, uh, well, I mean, some Pfizer, some COVID stuff, just because there's been some breaking news there. Um, A report has come out of the government of the United Kingdom. They're really upset with Pfizer for misleading them about some stuff. We'll, We'll get to that here on the other end of the news break. I ran into this earlier today. The federal government is going to spend $25 million, and they're going to do this to entice food stamp recipients to eat more fruits and veggies. And all I can think of is what a colossal waste of money. I know it's, quote, just $25 million, but you know the SNAP program in and of itself is one of the most fraud-riddled programs in the United States. So... Just a couple of weeks ago, in my Facebook memories, it I came up when the whole SNAP, when it was like organized into SNAP and all, because remember it used to be something else. And you would go into a store and they would have that little yellow SNAP sticker on it. I don't know if they still have those. But the yellow SNAP sticker was over every piece of candy in the candy aisle at the store. Now, I looked at that, and this is, I don't know, a decade ago, something like that. And why are we paying for people who need food stamps to eat candy? Food stamps is because you can't afford your normal food. So you need food to survive, not for luxury items or anything else. Do you remember the stories that went viral a few years back about people who were uh, buying lobsters and filet mignon, things like that with their food stamps and and the whole food stamp exchange thing, which they thought they were going to be able to fix with the debit card situation. That hasn't worked. People are trading their food stamps for dope and other stuff. You know, this is the this is the type of fraud. It's so easily fixed, but they're just refusing to do it. It kind of goes back to that homeless hotel nonsense. But $25 million just to convince people to eat more fruits and veggies when all you have to do is make the program to where you can't spend any of the funds on anything but meat, dairy, fruits, and vegetables. Anything else it can't be used for and just like that you don't you don't have a problem you, i mean well you will when they start you know trading it and still engaging in the the uh, black market fraud of the whole thing but if they were actually go to the store and swipe the card they wouldn't be able to buy junk food or anything else they'd only be able to get meat dairy fruits and vegetables which is all they need to survive and if they want to buy extra stuff well then they got to come up with a way to make some money 
You're spending extra money on all of that junk food, and now we're spending extra money to market them away from the junk food. We've got more coming up. All right, let's uh, let's take a look at this. I'm a big fan of Shazam. I like the the movie Shazam. I never read the comic, but I do like the movie Shazam. And part two is coming out. If you're not familiar with Shazam, it's uh, basically it's a it's a teenager, like a young teenager, and he has some magical, mystical, spelly stuff without getting too dorky and nerdy about it. And his superheroes, he turns into an adult. So he's a muscular adult when he turns into Shazam. But when he's just walking around, he's just a kid. And it's a it's a humorous superhero take because he's a kid and he's totally out of his element and fighting crime, yet he has all of these powers and super strength and everything else. So it's actually a really funny take on it. And it's more of a lighthearted su- superhero movie. It's not meant to be taken too seriously. Well, the star of the movie, Zach Levy, or is it Levi? Do you know? L-E-V-I? Le- I'm going to say Levy. That sounds more correct. Um, when people ask me how I don't know how to pronounce these things, it's because I, I don't watch TV. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I know his name is Shazam. That's it. I don't even know his, his uh, non-superhero name in the movie. So I don't often hear people's names get pronounced unless I actually go out and look for it. So I'm going to say it's Zach Levy, but I don't know if it's Levy or Levi. So Zach Levy, um, he said something on social media the other day. Part two of Shazam is getting ready to come out. Looks good. I'm going to watch it. But a few days ago, he decided to do a cardinal sin in Hollywood. He stepped off the reservation. He didn't do what his masters told him to do. He didn't fall in line. So, Lyndon Wood posted, Do you agree or not that Pfizer is a real danger to the world? Zach Levy says, Hardcore agree. Is it Levi? L-E-V-I? Levi? Okay. It's a terrible way to spell your name, Zach. So anyway... So he goes out there and and he basically he's, he's like yeah Pfizer sucks. So then he tweets something else. Uh oh. Shazam doesn't just have a red superhero suit. Shazam is red pilled. Just one example of what I'm referring to, and he links to the Justice Department announcing <laughs> the largest healthcare fraud settlement in its history where that was back in 2009 when Pfizer was forced to pay $2.3 billion for fraudulent marketing. He's not even referencing COVID, right? The guy's just saying, yeah, Pfizer sucks as a company. They're terrible. And if you don't, um, if you don't listen to this show on a regular basis, you probably don't know all of the fines and all of the things that Pfizer has been convicted of doing in the past. And if you did you would understand that them lying about their COVID vaccines is really not out of the norm. That's kind of their modus operandi is to lie about their drugs, the effectiveness of their drugs, and to hide side effects. That's kind of what Pfizer has done. So he doesn't like Pfizer, and he came with receipts, but because he came with those receipts and because he dared dis Pfizer in the age of COVID, He's got to be canceled. So they're trying to take his career away from him now. So anyway, this is Breitbart.com. 
The the woke Gestapo McCarthyite outlets like the Daily Beast have now targeted his career for destruction. And uh, Zach Levi, I guess I'll say Levi. Did you get the act? Did you just look at the spelling? Or did you actually do the phonetic? You listened to it, so it's Levi. Okay, so Zach Levi is problematic now. The Levi Pfizer controversy. There is no Levi Pfizer controversy. What he posted came from the DOJ.gov website and is a, is a matter of public record. It, it's not controversial. Pfizer lied. Pfizer got caught lying again and had to pay $2.3 billion for fraudulent advertising of one of their products. That's not up for debate and has nothing to do with the COVID vaccines. He can, you know what? He could love everything that Pfizer has done during the COVID era and still understand that Pfizer is a danger to humanity. The Levi-Pfizer controversy has also had many people resurfacing a clip of the actor on the Joe Rogan experience expressing his admiration for Jordan Peterson. (gasps) Oh my gosh. The right-wing, all-meat-diet-obsessed self-help guru. Uh, Jordan Peterson isn't even right-wing. What are you talking about? And... He's not an all-meat-diet-obsessed individual at all. His daughter is because she had massive quantities of illnesses that were fixed because she went to this diet. And she had him go on to a version of that diet because of his health issues, and he got better. I don't even think he's on the carnivore diet anymore. I think he's on like a hybrid diet now. Levi called Peterson, quote, one of the deepest thinkers I've ever heard break down like human behavior. Yeah. Um, and again, I, I like to point this out for the average snot rag out there. who doesn't know anything about Jordan Peterson. Before Jordan Peterson became an international celebrity for taking a stand against tyranny. He was one of the most cited, most quoted professors in all of academia in the Western world. Meaning that most people in higher academia who wrote papers and books, most of them look to him for higher wisdom. Notably, that episode was released not long after Peterson had been suspended from Twitter for his anti-transgender comments about the actor Elliot Page. That's not... Wasn't anti-transgender either, Daily Beast. You lie. You lie. So anyway, um, so because he had the audacity to point out that Pfizer is not a trustworthy company, and because he was on Joe Rogan's show and he said, you know, I really like this Jordan Peterson guy, and I got news for you, Jordan Peterson is popular with people of all political stripes because... Jordan Peterson isn't really political. He is popular among conservatives because he teaches common sense and he teaches men how to be men. And so he's seen as a bit of a father figure for a lot of lost young men who didn't have a man in their life as they're desperately trying to find some guidance as they grow up. So Jordan Peterson is there. What does Jordan Peterson tell you to do? Don't be a pig to women and make your bed. God, that's horrible. What an awful, horrible thing for somebody to tell young men to do.
treat women with respect and dignity and make your dang bed. What an awful thing. An awful, horrible thing for somebody to say. But that's what he does. So because the actor who plays Shazam has the audacity to tell the truth and to like somebody that is well-liked by people of all stripes, he's got to be canceled because he's off the reservation. See? It's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. Mark my words. Just like Henry Cavill just got canceled because Henry Cavill is a real man and Henry Cavill doesn't put up with garbage. Henry Cavill can't be Superman, even, even though he's the best Superman we've ever had, by the way. Yes, even going back, even going back to the legends, I think that Henry Cavill is the best one. But he can't be Superman anymore. Why? Because he won't get on the reservation. Henry Cavill is Henry Cavill. And he's not going to be quiet, and he's not going to be told to, uh, to, to lie about stuff. He's going to say what he believes, and they don't like that in Hollywood. So now you got this guy whose career's really just getting going, who is the face of a, an entire franchise, which is one of the few superhero franchises that is still kind of beloved by fans, and now they've got to destroy it because he won't fall in line, because he's his own person. Good for him, by the way, and I hope that he continues to be his own person. And everything he said was right. Now, this is leading me to another thing here, because we have a growing number of doctors saying that they will not get another COVID booster shot. I wonder why that is. We'll talk about that coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Don't forget to follow me on your favorite social media network at Casey the Host, C-A-S-E-Y. All right, so a growing number of doctors say that they will not get the COVID-19 booster shots. Uh, We're up to like booster 18 or something like that now. A growing number of doctors say that they will not get the COVID-19 vaccine boosters, citing a lack of clinical trial evidence. I have taken my last COVID vaccine without RCT-level evidence. It will reduce my risk of severe disease. His Dr. Todd Lee, an infectious disease expert at McGill University on Twitter, uh, Lee was pointing to the lack of randomized clinical trials resulting, in the up, uh, resulting for the updated boosters, uh, which were cleared in the United States and Canada, A. Eh? In the fall of 2022, Lee, was, who, was, uh, received, who has received three vaccine doses, noted that he was infected with the Omicron virus variant, and the vaccines provide little protection against infection, and described himself as a healthy male in his 40s. He's not alone. Remember, there are several studies that show the more boosters you get, the weaker your immune system is to fight off COVID. So there is... There's a running medical theory here that, it, you know, you can actually put yourself in greater risk by getting more of these boosters. Now you got uh, what's-his-bucket Joe Scarborough, and he's, he's mad that everybody pointed out that he had three shots, and then he went down with COVID for three months. And he's like, I wish I had my fourth shot. It, it probably would have been worse, man. It looks like the spike protein was messing with your immune system. Dr. Vinay Prasad, a professor of epidemiology and biostatics at the University of California, San Francisco, also said that he would not take any additional shots until clinical trial data became available. I, I took at least one dose against my will. It was unethical and scientifically bankrupt, he said. 
Allison Krug, an epidemiologist who co-authored a study that found teenage boys were more likely to suffer heart inflammation after COVID-19 vaccination than COVID-19 infection, recounted explaining to her doctor why she was refusing a booster and said that her doctor agreed with her position. And this is the thing that I I was able to tell you throughout the pandemic. Um, There were far more people in the medical field that agreed with people like me and like many of you than did public health officials. The problem is, is that they knew their careers could be over if they said anything publicly. So it was always kind of kept on the down low. The few doctors that did speak out, who all ended up being correct, had their careers basically derailed and ruined as a result. So a lot of doctors kept it real quiet, and they they would only tell certain patients or people that they knew were on their side how they really felt about it. Because they were just trying to save their careers, and and uh, you know if if somebody was if somebody was genuinely concerned, they would offer advice. If somebody was pro vax, 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 they would give them the vax. If somebody wasn't vax, they wouldn't give them the vax, and they would just you know do their job. They just didn't speak out. Then you've got this: the Pfizer CEO made misleading statements on the vaccination of children against COVID-19. This is according to a watchdog in the United Kingdom. This is another example, yet another example, of Pfizer being caught lying to you. Pfizer CEO Albert Borla, a veterinarian, has made misleading and unsubstantiated statements on the merit of giving COVID-19 vaccines to young children, according to a case report that was published by UK Pharmaceutical Watchdog on January 27th. During an interview with the BBC published on December 2nd, 2021, Borla was asked whether he believed it was likely that 5 to 11-year-olds in the UK and Europe would be vaccinated against COVID-19 and whether it was a good idea. We played you bits of that interview on this show. The interview was published after the U.S. Food and Drug Administration authorized the use of Pfizer's COVID vaccine for young children, but the UK's medicine Uh, Medicines Regulator, the Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency, or MHRA, did not approve the product for the same age group until December 22nd of 2021. So 20 days later, while acknowledging that it was up to the UK authorities to decide whether or not to approve and deploy the vaccines, Boiler replied, I believe it's a very good idea. Of course you do. It's going to make you tons of money. He cited disruptions in education and the potential of developing so-called long COVID, saying, so there is no doubt in my mind about the benefits completely are in favor of doing it. Only that's not true. It's not what the research shows. Well, following complaints from Us For Them, a children's welfare campaign group founded in response to the lockdowns, a panel from the Prescription Medicines Code of Practice Authority, the PMCPA, ruled that Borla's statements breached a number of rules in the Association of the British Pharmaceutical Industry. They have a code of practice in the ABPI, and he breached those. After Pfizer appealed against the ruling, an appeal board upheld five counts of breaches of three ABPI codes that require information and claims to be accurate, balanced, capable of substantiation, not raising unfounded hopes of successful treatment, and not be misleading with respect to the safety of a product. So the PMCPA described Borla's statements as being of a, quote, 
strong, unqualified nature. It also said that they inferred that there was no need to be concerned about potential side effects of vaccination in healthy children age 5 to 11, and that the implication was, quote, misleading and incapable of substantiation. Now, keep in mind, Europe is kind of getting red-pilled on this because Pfizer executives were forced to testify in Parliament for the European Union, and at Parliament, the Pfizer executives testified under oath that um, Pfizer lied to everybody about the vaccines not being uh, being able to prevent the spread of COVID. So there's a lot of people in Europe right now going, um, excuse me? And let's not forget, the UK keeps much better data tracking on who are vaccinated, who's not, who gets hospitalized, who's not. And for the better part of a year now, people who are who are hospitalized with COVID are vaccinated. The people who are not being hospitalized are the people who are not vaccinated. And again, there's some wiggle room there and whether or not natural immunity is, is a reason for that, but it's still nonetheless been an issue there for about a year. So they're starting to see some trends that they don't really like, including dishonesty and admissions of dishonesty by Pfizer executives. MNC News Time is 5.31. It's time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. So Mr. Beast, <clears throat> for those of you who don't know, uh, Mr. Beast could be if he's not the biggest YouTuber in the world, he's like the second. And he's he's a business mogul, he's also a philanthropist and all around generally pretty nice guy, right? For those of you who aren't familiar with him, that's a bit of an understatement. If you've got kids or teenagers around, ask them kind of who this dude is and they will explain to you like he's a big deal. He's a he's a really big deal. And he decided to do another great thing here recently. <clears throat> now, a lot of the stuff that he does, because he's a content creator, is, you know, it's filmed and, and that sort of stuff. And he's known for going on other very, very small streams. People are like just, you know, grinding away, trying to make it and donating large amounts of money to them and uh, helping people start businesses and that sort of thing. It, it's, you know, he's just all around pretty nice dude so jimmy the beast donaldson who's uh, mr beast he funded 1000 10 minute surgeries now these 10 minute surgeries restored the vision of the people who were operated on this is just think for a second what it would mean to somebody who has their vision gone, but it's correctable. They have no way of correcting it. And then you have just some guy you've never met come in and like, I will pay for you to see again just because I want you to see again. He did this for a thousand people. Not only are we helping people in America, but we're also going to other places around the world, he said. Now, this is an eight-minute video documentary that he uploaded. I wanted to provide this surgery to as many people as possible. Uh, One of the local news outfits actually smuggled a camera into North Korea many years ago and documented Western doctors going to North Korea and curing cataracts because it's a huge problem in North Korea. 
And Western medicine, of course, has a cure for it. Whereas North Korea does not. So anyway, in two days after uploading this thing, it was viewed more than 61 million times. Now, his channel has 131 million subscribers. Okay, that's it. He's, he's a big deal. Mr. Beast is a 24-year-old North Carolina native. He ranks among the most viewed and highest paid YouTube creators, according to Business Insider. The standout showman began posting to YouTube when he was 13 years old. His mother kicked him out of his childhood home at 18. Um, and he's, he's a self-made, ultra-rich guy. So he worked with an organization called Sea International to make the surgeries happen. Sea International's network of volunteer doctors worked with Mr. Beast as they do other humanitarian leaders who are dedicated to eradicating preventable blindness. So he funds a thousand of these surgeries, which only take 10 minutes. And you know what happened to him? He's been attacked relentlessly by left-wing crazy people. All he did was help a thousand people be able to see and document it so people knew what was happening in the world. And he's been relentlessly attacked by subhuman scum. If you can't even cure blindness and have people say nice things about you, what hope is there for humanity? Got more coming up. 95.3 MNC. I forgot to tell you a little bit earlier, we were talking about the COVID stuff. There's a, a new international research collab that came out. They reviewed several dozen rigorous studies about masking and found that none of them showed even a modest effect on infection or illness from COVID or other diseases because masks don't work. Never have. They never will. Certainly not with the current technology. All right, folks, go to rumble.com slash Casey, the host. You can also follow me on Odyssey, btmedia.news for the daily show prep. Michiana's Morning News will be back here tomorrow morning starting at 5 a.m. with John and Laura. Don't forget to uh, follow all of us on your favorite social media network, whichever that may be. Be safe. Have yourself a wonderful night. Bill O'Reilly's up next.